We got another one. Our Cajun coordinators are opening that pipeline to Louisiana. This young man comes from the Bayou to the Everglades. Dylan Day, welcome to the U. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricane. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Got another verbal commit. Came in last night. I wish I could have done an episode for this young man sooner. I owed him that, but I'm so happy to have defensive back Dylan Day coming to the University of Miami. He's going to play nickel at the U out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Five foot 11, around 170 pounds. Hits really hard for a little guy. Uh, I was watching some of the tape and the huddle reel for Day. I encourage you guys to do the same thing because you don't necessarily want to judge this player by his size or even by his stars, because he's been under-recruited to this point. He has incredible instincts and awareness. He's always in the right position and the right place and the right time to make plays. There are several interceptions on Dylan Day's film from his junior year, uh, including a one-hander, which looked really nice. Uh, Under-recruited to this point, but he's been a fast riser. That's something you notice about Dylan Day and why I think Miami's timing on getting him in the program is really good and really appropriate. Now, obviously, you know, you're not officially a cane until you sign that national letter of intent, but you've got that verbal commitment and Miami is ahead of the game on this one. Um, This was the first defensive player to get an offer from Lance Guidry. When the defensive coordinator arrived at Miami, that's not a coincidence. Guidry from Louisiana was recruiting this young man to Tulane when he briefly was working at Tulane. I believe he was also recruiting him to Marshall, and then uh, Day got his Miami offer as soon as Guidry arrived. And I mentioned Day being a fast riser. He has also recently picked up offers from the likes of Ole Miss, West Virginia, Mississippi State, Arizona State, Georgia Tech, and Maryland, and of course Miami, among others. So This was someone who, even though I think he's a three-star some places, no stars assigned uh, in other places, this guy is a fast riser out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And our next guest has been a fast riser through the Locked on Canes ranks, a show favorite, Brad Tejeda from CanesInsight.com. Brad, you like this Dylan Day commit? Alex, what's going on, man? Appreciate the introduction, brother. Uh, Yeah, man, Dylan Day, great pickup for the Canes, in my opinion. You know, this is one of those particular recruits where, especially, you know, in the situation where we are right now, you know, it's still very early in the recruiting process. He's still got a bunch of months to go. He still has a senior year. But um, I think this is, like, like you mentioned, man, great timing to add a guy like Dylan Day. This is a Lance Guidry uh, type of player right here. Uh, anyone that has followed Lance Guidry at every stop that he's been at, and especially the way he plays his defense, it seems like that nickel position slash striker is not only very dependent in Lance Guidry's defense, but he's got to be very versatile and uh, very quick on his feet and be able to play multiple positions. And 
when you turn on the tape of Dylan Day, he did, he just he does just that, right? You know, a secondary player from Louisiana, that's a hotbed when it comes to cornerbacks and secondary guys. Um, and if you like Lane Gidry's defense so far at Miami and what he's been able to showcase, at least in the spring practice and on the spring game as far as the intensity, then uh, you should definitely not be complaining about adding, adding Dylan Day. Because like you mentioned before, man, this is a guy that, doesn't matter where Lance Goodry ends up stopping at, whatever polo he's got on. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Tulane, he offered him back in September of uh, 2022. He also offered him at Marshall uh, early January of 2023. And now at Miami, he pegs him again um, with an offer. So this is a guy that no matter where he stops, um, no matter what hat he's wearing, he wants Dylan Day in his program. Uh, and you got to trust the evaluations at this point in time. And, and again, like I said, it's early. This is a young man where I believe that once his senior tape is done, um, he, he plays some football this year, he's going to be getting a lot more offers. And the fact that we've been on him from the jump uh, just shows the evaluation that we're going after. You know, Brad, for someone like yourself who covers recruiting, talk a little bit about the state of Louisiana, because I, I try to emphasize to people it's an absolute hotbed, right? I mean, all, all the Miami fans, we know about South Florida, which is unquestioned. I mean, so much talent is produced, Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County and so on. And even in the west side of Florida, everyone knows about you know Texas, Southern California. But Louisiana is right up there. And, you know, Miami now has not one but two Cajun coordinators who are from that area. You're already seeing it with Gidry. I think we're going to see some of this Cajun flavor with Lance, uh, with Shannon Dawson, I should say, as well. I mean, how important is it in your eyes to – and it's not like Miami's never gotten Louisiana players before. Of course they have. I mean, Ed Reed, uh, Trevante, Citizen more recently. But if they can establish more of a pipeline, how important is that? You know, first and foremost, like you said, I mean, Louisiana, it's one of the top states in the country when it comes to football. Um, I mean, the aggressive play style that a lot of the young men come out of there for, uh, the coaching uh, that goes on in that state as well. I mean, not only on the football field, but also, you know, as we know, seven on seven is, is pretty hot these days. And the L.A. Boot, uh, Louisiana bootleggers um, is one of the hottest commodity teams out there. Um, and they constantly produce talent, not only in college, but in the NFL level as well. Yeah. Um, and, and like you mentioned, man, uh, our, our, our top offensive coordinators on OC and DC are both from Louisiana. So you got to expect a lot of ties and a lot more recruiting is going to be going on uh, over there in Louisiana. And, and I'm going to trust it until I see otherwise, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the spring game. But it looks like every guy that is a Mario Cristobal guy or guys that are fitting in with this new scheme, whether it's on offense or defense, it seems like those are the guys that we're starting to see a little bit more progress and development very early on whether it's a true freshman or a guy that's been in the program for three or four years and is finally able to adapt to a scheme that fits them a little bit better. Yeah, we're joined here by Brad Tejeda, great friend of the show and does awesome work at Kane's Insight. And my goodness, my friends, we're going to dive into so many recruiting names. I also want Brad's take on the spring game because he was there on Friday night at Drive Pink Stadium. And there are some big names, we'll talk about it, being linked to Miami, especially a lot of defensive linemen. Miami now trending for T.A. Cunningham. Miami seems to be in a good spot with Marquise Lightfoot. These are three- and four-star players. Miami looks to me like they might be in a pretty good spot with five-star Colin Simmons, who's tweeting all this love for the U, and he followed me on Twitter recently. I take that as a good sign. Uh, you know, Miami in good spots with some offensive linemen as well. Juan Minaya, I believe, is a name to watch. So it's heating up. Oh, and transfer portal. 
transfer portal heating up as well. Where does Miami stand with defensive tackles and wide receivers in the transfer portal? We got so much to talk about. That's why you want to keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. And you want to keep it locked to FanDuel. I know the Miami Heat fans, you made some money on your Heat last night. They were big underdogs against Milwaukee. They shocked the world. They take game one. Baseball season now in progress at FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays. They're all back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And that's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So how about that? You got nothing to lose on that first bet. If you win, you win $1,000. If you lose, they give you $1,000 right back up to, I should say. Do not miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. And for the everydayers who listen to us every day, Tomorrow is a Truth Teller Tuesday with Bruce Warner, so I cannot wait to catch up with Bruce, get his take on everything going on with the football program. Right now, we're getting Brad to hate his take on the program. Uh, so, Brad, um, you know, now that Miami's got Dylan Day on board, we're all wondering who's going to be next in the class of 2024, and is it going to be a defensive lineman? Let's talk a little bit about T.A. Cunningham. What can you tell me about T.A. Cunningham and where Miami stands for him? Yeah, Alex, you know, T.A. Cunningham, along with his brother, you know, uh, they originally came from Georgia, went to California. And uh, from anyone that's been, you know, watching what Mario Cristobal does on the trail behind the scenes, uh, he, he's starting to plant some seeds, right? You saw a couple of years ago, kind of similar of the Jaden Wayne and Riley Williams situation. These guys playing from, you know, across the nation, you know, at their prospective programs and bringing them closer uh, into the state of Florida and getting them transferred into IMG. Um, to build that relationship even solid and then them becoming Miami Hurricanes, you're starting to see that again. And this is a perfect example of that. T.A. Cunningham, along with his brother T.K. Cunningham, and their quarterback, I believe. I believe all three of those recruits will be transferring to Miami Central, if I'm not mistaken. So that is mm, another right. way of getting these California kids from across the nation to, you know, almost be in somewhat of, of a backyard, so to speak, to where it's driving distance. Uh, and again, you know, between IMG, Miami Central, these are, are places that Miami is starting to submit their flag and kind of show, hey, man, we're going to get these guys. We're going to secure them. And uh, T.A. Cunningham is one of the best in the business, man. He's a great defense alignment um, out of Los Altimos, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's the top top 20 defense alignment in the country, man. He's got offers from all over. Um, but he's just one of the few. Uh, defense alignment that Miami is going after. Uh, like I tweeted a little bit while ago, man, Miami is honestly on about 20 to 25 guys when it comes to the defense alignment position. And I could, and, and, and as crazy as it sounds, man, we, we were talking a little bit off air, but even if they were to hit on 20% of that 25 guys, right. you know, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a great defense align class. Um, like Mar Mario has been, you know, very prominent on saying that the way he handled the offensive line last cycle, he expects to treat the defensive line this cycle. And when you look at the names that are, you know, continuously trending Miami's way, whether it's David Stone a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, T.A. Cunningham, like you mentioned before, Colin Simmons, who just last night is showing Miami some love as well. But then you also got, you know, the Kamarian Franklins of the world, who, you know, I got to speak to a couple of days ago, and he emphasized how important a guy like Coach Woodle 
um, who obviously just got promoted to tight end coach, how much of an important piece that he has been as far as making a guy like Kamari and Franklin feel at home at the University of Miami because, you know, they, they both have grown up pretty much down the same street of where they grew up. And you also got a guy like Aiden Breland and Justin Scott, who just yeah. came off of two huge unofficial visits to Miami. They were at the spring game. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of good news from them. And then you didn't even talk about the, the you know, the bigger guys, right? You, you got, you know, your Justin Scott's of the world, but then you got a Jer- uh, Jericho Johnson, a DeAndre Robinson, a Elijah Rushing, you know, a Jaden Jackson as well, who obviously has been taking some big visits over to Ohio State, Texas, and Florida, and USC. Uh, I believe Miami is still probably the front runner along with uh, Ohio State um, just because of, you know, the family background and the relationship that he has with Coach Salvea. I don't think you can ever count out a guy like Jaden Jackson. But when you're able to, you know, cast a variety of uh, a wide range, you know, all across the nation and the net that they're, you know, casting for that defensive line position, even if you don't catch all the big fish, you get two or three big fishes, um, you're going to start to see a huge wave of momentum uh, when it comes to the Miami Hurricanes in the next couple of months with recruiting with a lot of those names. Now, there, there's this one five-star edge rusher that Miami can't seem to make any headway with, despite the fact that he goes to Columbus, which is Cristobal's alma mater, and that's TJ Capers, who's verbally committed to Louisville. And, you know, he's saying the same thing on the record that he's saying off the record. Anytime someone asks him about his Louisville commitment and if Miami's got any shot, he's, you know, downplaying Miami, fully committed to Louisville. I can remember a couple weeks ago, I was at a Miami practice and like most of the Columbus players were there visiting, but TJ Capers was not there. Um, so do, do you, Brad, do you think that's rock solid TJ Capers to Louisville? I'm not saying Mario's going to give up. He never gives up. But uh, do you think that there's any chance on flipping him or does he seem rock solid? You know, TJ Capers, uh, when you talk about relationships as well, uh, Coach Hove, who was pr- prior at uh, the University of Florida on staff, who helped get a lot of South Florida guys uh, in that recruiting cycle just a couple of years ago. He is over at Louisville now. And um, he seems to be the guy that kind of connects the dots for a young man like T.J. Capers. Um, their relationship is very strong. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. Uh, T.J. Capers is one of those guys, now that we have um, a defensive coordinator in Lance Gidry, um, you know, I don't necessarily think he may fit our defense, sort of say. Or we may have okay. other guys um, on a little bit more of a high priority as him. You know, T.J. Capers is listed as a linebacker, me in my opinion, especially looking at the way Miami is starting to play. And uh, when you turn on T.J. Capers' film, he's more of an edge rusher type yeah, of guy. I agree. Uh, I, would, I would, you know, more put him in the Malik Bryant, um, sort of speak, as far as what we're going to try to use Malik Bryant as, as um, in this defense. And, of course, he hasn't been healthy yet to come back to see what he can do for us. But, you know, that's a name that I would just continue to watch to the end just because he's in our backyard. Uh, and like you mentioned before, man, uh, Columbus High School, Alonzo Highsmith, Mario Cristobal, Alex Maribal, there's always going to be ties there. Um, and, you know, anytime there's a relationship between a recruit and a staff member on University of Miami, you're not going to be able to count them out till the, till the end until they sign them um, because that's just the way Mario Cristobal and the staff handles recruiting. Um, but as of right now, I would say uh, Miami has cooled off a little bit on T.J. Capers. Uh, so what about at wide receiver, Brad? And, of course, um, I hadn't even mentioned it yet with you because we, we did an episode about this young man over the weekend. But so happy to have Chance Robinson, four-star out of St. Thomas Aquinas, commit at receiver. 
Hopefully this is the start of things to come. I think you and I both agree he's not going to be the last high-profile receiver to commit, and I think Chance is going to be an incredible cane. Uh, you know, where do you think Miami stands with JoJo Trader out of Chaminade? And, you know, he and Chance, they they do seem pretty tight. I think they were at the spring game together, so I'm hoping Miami's making some headway on Trader, who's a five-star. Yeah, that's correct, Alex. Um, those guys, you know, seem to be two peas in a pod, so to speak, man. They were both at the spring game, obviously enjoyed their time. And uh, anyone that's followed recruiting, especially this year, um, as far as, you know, their, their own personal recruiting board or just, you know, having some guys on the inside out kind of telling some information. JoJo Trader has always been and always will be at the top of the list for the Miami Hurricanes as far as recruiting this cycle, regardless of the position. Um, you know, just to put it in context, I would honestly say JoJo Trader is uh, right up there with Jeremiah Smith, if not, you know, maybe just one or two above um, as far as how Miami is trying to prioritize these guys in this recruiting cycle. Um, Jeremiah Smith and JoJo Trader is your 1A, 1B when it comes to the – the wide receiver board, and I don't see Miami losing any traction with a guy like JoJo Trader. And to be honest with you, uh, I think it's going to be between Miami and Florida State. Uh, I do know that, you know, a team like Ohio State, uh, they're, they're one that is very familiar with high-end recruits, especially at the wide receiver position in South Florida. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to throw, you know, something in there as well. But I think, I think Ohio State, you know, what they've gotten in the last two cycles and what they're continuing to doing in that wide, wide receiver room, it's just pretty jam packed, man. And uh, I don't know if a, someone like JoJo Trader is going to want to sit a year or two. And when you're looking at this offense of what Miami is starting to put together, especially in the spring game, there's a lot of wide receivers that are starting to showcase themselves. I'm not saying that they've already proven themselves, but you are seeing progress and development, right? A guy like Jacoby George, who all of last year, we we're kind of trying to figure out when we're going to get a, a nice flash or glimpse from, from him. It seems like this new offense of Shannon Dawson, what I've seen from the spring and the spring game, it's, it's finally starting to wake up a guy like Jacoby George. You got a yeah. guy in Xavier, a guy in Xavier Restrepo who continues to do what he does, especially on, you know, those third down conversions or when you need a big, uh, a big haul catch, you know, someone like Xavier Restrepo stands out. And then you got guys that you were finally starting to use their size and their length and their ability, whether that's, you know, uh, Colby, Colby Young, or Isaiah Horton, you know, what we were able to do, especially in the red zone or throwing the ball up in the air during the spring game. I like to see that and then pinpointing that uh, at, at the highest level. And then a guy like Rashard Smith, who's starting to come into his own a little bit. And even Ray Ray, uh, man, well, what, what more can you say about a young man like Ray Ray Joseph, man? He, he seems like he is fitting right into this offense. And it's going to be hard to keep a young freshman like him off the football field. And uh, if I'm any senior uh, going into high school as a wide receiver, it's, it looks like this – offense is starting to be a lot more wide receiver friendly and as long as we start to produce wins on the football field I think a young man like Jojo Trader should be a Miami Hurricane um, but a couple other names to look out for is a guy in TJ Moore as well um, I believe Miami and Florida and USC are really fighting for uh, a guy like TJ Moore as well um, and then of course you still got Luane McCoy who obviously just committed to Florida State yeah. but I wouldn't um, I, I wouldn't pump the brakes on that you know as we know recruiting it goes the distance and that's a young man that I'll continue to eye um, because I believe Miami likes that young man a lot yeah that's really well said and we'll talk transfer portal on the other side because wide receiver is a position of need there defensive tackle a position of need there and I, I think there could be a couple of other spots that I would seriously look at if I were Mario Cristobal and Alonso Highsmith so we're only getting started here Brad Tejeda is with us on Locked on Canes 
Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. And thank you to the everydayers who are here with us every single day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Remember, we have a Truth Teller Tuesday with Bruce Warner coming up tomorrow. And this is our second episode of the day. So I hope you guys checked out our awesome conversation with head uh, football trainer and associate AD Vinny Scavo, who's an amazing human being from earlier today. Brad Tejeda is with us now. Brad, uh, there's been interesting smoke, good and bad, in the transfer portal for Miami when it comes to receivers. Um, I have it on good authority. The Hurricanes do want to add a speedy outside receiver in the portal. Uh, We got word about a week ago that Miami has cooled down on Gary Bryant Jr., and that came from Gary's father, that Gary kind of stopped hearing from Miami. That tells me Miami's been prioritizing other targets at wideout. Uh, Jaquai Jackson from Division Two is a guy that I look at has a ton of potential uh, to be, you know, a Power Five wide receiver. He's in the portal. Tyler Harrell, most recently at Alabama, he's got blazing speed. I know Miami likes him. Uh, what's your outlook and your board at wide receiver in the portal? Yeah, man, I, I will say this. You know, before the spring game um, occurred, I was pretty confident and pretty certain that this staff would probably go after two recruits as far as the wide receiver position in this transfer portal. And now, you know, starting to see a little bit of progress in what yeah. a lot of these guys were able to do on the football field. We may not necessarily need two wide receivers. I wouldn't I wouldn't complain if we got two, but I'm actually okay with one. And now that's kind of where you got to get in more of a picky situation of what more do you want? Do you want a quick speedy guy that could, you know, blow the top off and keep the safety guessing? Or do you want more of a technically fundamental route runner who could create separation or do you want a big body guy um, like a Colby Young and Isaiah Horton Um, so it's really going to just come down to what the staff really wants or what can be best Um, and that's where you got to kind of trust Mario and Alonzo Highsmith's evaluation along with Kevin Beard Um, but right now it seems like Jaquay Jackson, Tyler Harrell um, and another name I would mention is probably Jaden Alexis uh, the wide receiver from Texas who just entered the transfer portal as well um, those are three guys to look out for. But again, Transfer Portal just opened up uh, just a couple days ago. I wouldn't be surprised if more names pop up here soon. Uh, and if any local talented guy who has ties to Miami um, in some type of way, if he ends up hitting the portal, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this staff has already, you know, back channeled a bunch of relationships and already kind of knew of some of these situations that are about to occur. Um, so just look out for that as well. But I uh, you know, we'll see what happens with wide wide receiver position. Now, on defensive tackles, you know, you and I had an off-air discussion about a couple of these guys the other day. I think we're we're both in agreement that uh, Bear Alexander from Georgia is probably headed to USC. That seems to have been decided before he even hit the portal. I, I know that he's someone that Hurricanes fans are talking a lot about. I think in his case, I would be surprised if he winds up here. Uh, I'm definitely looking at Jeffrey Emba. Uh, from Auburn who's in the portal because Brad I I heard it from an Auburn source that Miami has reached out to him uh, after he entered the portal they reached out to him and uh, you know there's a couple like I was looking at uh, David Lake at Inside the U published a few names I'm gonna have to learn how to say this one if he ends up here CEO no foagatatoa. Uh, I'm gonna have to if, if he if he doesn't come to Miami, I can relax. If he does, I'm gonna have to learn how to pronounce that name. Uh, and he is uh, out of Indiana, and then there's one out of Minnesota as well, D'Angelo Carter. A little bit easier of a name to say. Those seem to be some of Miami's options at defensive tackle. What kind of smoke are you hearing? 
Yeah, I don't know much on, on the guy from Indiana who you were trying to pronounce, unfortunately. But um, as far as uh, D'Angelo Carter, who I believe he goes by Trill on uh, social media. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah, he, he, he's a big, nasty guy as well. He kind of gives me Nesta Silvera vibes in, in, in a sense as far as, you know, the way he plays football. Um, but I, I really like Jeffrey Impa, Impa um, the transfer portal guy from Auburn. Um, the, the size, the length, the way he plays. He's a young man that can play inside and outside. Um, I believe, you know, most of his tape, especially at Auburn, has been at defensive end. Um, but, you know, when you're 6'6", 300-plus pounds, you need those type of guys, you know, to be coming off the bus for the Miami Hurricanes in the future. Um, we saw what Daryl Jackson could do for us last season. Um, I think Jeffrey would be a great addition to this program. Um, I, I believe Miami has a really good shot at landing him. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um are, are there any other positions? Like, I, I feel like defensive tackle and wide receiver, like you mentioned, probably just one wide receiver now, not two, but I still think those are big priorities. Any other positions? Yeah. Because uh, honestly, Brad, I, I could see I could see a need for a running back, right? Because we saw Miami get through their entire spring with only two scholarship running backs. You've got two early enrollees coming in. I'm not sure when uh, Trevante Citizen is going to be ready to play. So I, I would honestly, I would consider bringing in a veteran running back. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, let's just kind of quickly break it down a little bit, right? When you look at the offense, um, I would say you probably need a, a quarterback. It doesn't need to be yeah. the, the uh, a high-end guy. It could be someone that's just very serviceable to kind of bridge that gap between Tyler Van Dyke and Jakari Brown. Um so you got one guy at the quarterback position. When you look at the running backs, um, you only got two scholarship guys really playing right now at running back. So you definitely got to add one running back, if not two, depending on the way Trevante Citizen comes on. But I would say with just one running back right now. So that's two guys. Um, I think your tight ends are pretty much loaded. Like yeah. we mentioned before, your wide receivers. Um, you could go two, but I think if you're, you're trying to play the numbers game and get a lot of guys that can make a quick impact, especially on defense and on the offensive line, you kind of settle for one on a wide receiver. But the offensive line, that, that's where it kind of gets tricky, right? Um, I thought Jalen Rivers was an important name, an important guy to watch during the spring game because you heard a lot of good progress and positivity out of Jalen Rivers out of camp so far. Um, but when you saw the spring game, you know, there, there, there's pros and cons to what I'm about to say, right? Mm -hmm. um, Jalen Rivers playing at left tackle, um, as far as during the spring game, I didn't think he played his best. Um, I saw a lot of, you know, plays on the defensive side of the ball, especially on Jalen Rivers' side uh, with, with aggressive pass rush and, and a couple sacks. But we did not have our starting guards. So we did not have Javion Cohen uh, right next to him as well, right? Um, and, and we also didn't have Zion Nelson too. Um, so I think that gives you a pro and a con to where someone like Jalen Rivers, if he doesn't pan out at tackle, He's a guy that obviously the staff has said can play multiple positions. But at the same time, even though he was playing tackle and not playing the best, he didn't have a JV on Cohen next to him. I thought Lawrence Seymour um, and some of our guard play, uh, especially during the spring, weren't really the best. Um, so when you bring in a, a, a SEC caliber guy like Cohen, um, I think that should help the play of Jalen Rivers. But I think you still need to go after a tackle uh, on the offensive line. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like I mentioned before, with the family ties and relationship, um, look out for Luke Cristobal as well, another yeah. offensive lineman. Um, he's a guard slash center type guy. Um, I think he's just going to come into this program and kind of be, you know, a filler and a molder and another contribution guy, especially in the locker room of what Mario Cristobal is looking for. Um, and, man, and when you look at this offensive line group, there's a, a good five to seven guys uh, on this team that, 
you know, I personally think we we can uh, move on from um, just as far as the gameplay and the progress and de development standpoint um, of how long they've been at this program and still not really showing much. Uh, so I think I think two guys on the offensive line. So now you're looking at five to six transfer portal guys on the offensive side of the ball. And we haven't even talked about defense. Um, mm -hmm. And you're still adding you're still bringing in nine recruits uh, from this cycle. So when you talk about nine recruits coming in from the cycle, you got a, a good handful of guys that have been injured all throughout spring that are going to be coming back. You're potentially, when you look at this, Alex, once you add in the recruits, once you add in the transfer portal additions, once you bring back all of these guys that are injured from spring, you're talking about 20 to 30 new faces on this football team that are going to be adding some development uh, to this team. So it's going to be pure competition come fall camp, and that's what you like to see. Well, we're going to have to bring Brad on again soon so we can talk more about defensive transfer targets. But we did talk a lot about the defensive linemen, so that was good. But we are just about out of time here. Another eventful episode of Locked on Canes. It's always eventful when Brad Tejeda is here. And guys, we basically we keep the show going 24-7 if you join our subtext SMS community. It's a great way for me to connect with you guys one-on-one. -on -one. You can ask me questions on there anytime, and I give you guys scoops up to the minute on subtext that I, I can't always do a show fast enough to give you, you know, the news here on broadcast. So I text insider reports, recruiting news, uh, you know, injury updates, you know, that, that'll obviously be more of a thing. Once the season starts, everything going on, I give it to you guys on subtext. So if you look at the show description below, you're going to see the link to sign up to our subtext SMS chat platform. You can click that link below. Get signed up completely free for the first 14 days. See if you like it. If you want to hang aboard, we try to give you a lot of value there. If you want to hang out there, you can opt in after 14 days for $4.99 a month. It's a great way to say thank you if you appreciate the work that we are doing. I always appreciate the work that Brad Tejeda is doing. Brad, thank you so much for taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your week. Anytime, Alex, man. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Go Kane. And again, welcome to the U, Dylan Day, and hopefully we can do more. more uh, welcome to the U in the near future. Locked on Canes here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.